Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Milan Lucic. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. If I remember how to do this, Brennan Ulrich with you on Oilers now. Yes, I'm back from uh, two weeks of vacation. Bob Stoffer now away. He's in Disneyland with the kids. That's how it works around here. It's uh, tough to get in holidays uh, after a, a long Oilers season, but uh, that's how it works as uh, Bob gets ready for the NHL draft. So he gets a week off right now. And I'm feeling pretty good today because I booked two weeks off and I was only in Mexico for a week. I went from uh, Tuesday, was back on Wednesday, then I booked uh, two extra days off, which was the best idea I've ever, ever had. Usually you, you come back from vacation, you're back at work the next day. Being there, done that. So I've learned my lesson over the years and I'm feeling refreshed, ready to go. And I feel great after a week of drinking in Mexico. So uh, that's how it works. Uh, It was smart. And now we have a busy week and lots to get to today. Of course, uh, a lot of the focus on the program will be on uh, Claire Drake. As we remember, Coach Drake, he unfortunately passed away at the age of uh, 89 yesterday. Coached the Golden Bears for 28 seasons. He won six national championships and 17 conference titles. He was a Hockey Hall of Famer, a true coaching legend, and uh, I unfortunately never had the chance to meet him, but he has left a lot. I guess he has planted seeds along the way that uh, have influenced the game of hockey, a number of coaches, a number of people that he met, and we are going to talk to some of those people on the program today. First up will be Bill Moores, who is a really good friend of uh, Claire Drake. And uh, we will talk to him at about 12.15. We will also talk to Mark Spector. 
and Ken Hitchcock at 105. As uh, Mark and I will uh, take team an interview with uh, Ken Hitchcock, who was influenced by Coach Drake. Mark as well as a reporter. One of his first encounters was with uh, Claire Drake, so we'll talk to both of those men about that. John Shannon will join us at 12.35 from Sportsnet, our regular Monday contributor. And Stan Marple, the current uh, Golden Bears GM, will join us at 1.35 as well. The Oilers today signing goaltender Stuart Skinner to a three-year entry-level contract. Skinner, a shutout last night against uh, Everett, out-dueling Carter Hart in that series. And he's off to the Memorial Cup with Swift Current. And now he has a three-year entry-level contract with the Edmonton Oilers. We're hoping to get him on the show at one point today. If not today, he will join us tomorrow as Stuart Skinner and the Broncos get set for the Memorial Cup. That's all ahead today. You can call on our Oilers Now hotline at 780-496-0063. Brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have Nazareth on August 10th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can text us at 630-630. Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Or check out their great selection today at WestlockFord.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now, at Bob underscore Stoffer at Brendan Ulrich. And Devin is here today. Devin, give us your Twitter handle. It's at dude. It's underscore Devin. <laughs> That's an awesome handle. Now, are you a big sports guy, Devin? Yes, I mean not as big as you, perhaps, but yeah, I am a I am a sports fan, definitely. Uh, what's your team? There will be Oilers yeah. in the NFL. I support the LA Chargers, which is a, a good season. Hopefully this year they, they got that. Good, was it yeah. Derwin James? Yeah, he looks awesome. And then baseball, I don't particularly care about. I will watch the playoffs, and eh, that's about it. Pretty much just a hockey fan, I guess. But I do like. I'll watch any sport for sure. Are you here uh, all week with me, or what days are you doing? Uh, as far as I know, just today. I oh, have no okay. idea. I wasn't. <laughs> this was a very last minute. Uh, Call up. That's how we roll around mm-hmm. here. So thanks for helping out today, Devin. We'll uh, bring you in uh, occasionally throughout the program. Every uh, Tuesday on Oilers Now at Stoffer and Spectre, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Spectre will be on today and uh, Thursday as well. He's flying tomorrow to Vegas for Game 3 of the Western Conference Final. Live racing at North Lions Park this Saturday. All right, on a happier note, while I was gone, the Capitals finally beat the Penguins. I am shocked that Bob Stoffer did not play this clip on the show. Somewhat disappointed. People on Twitter were telling him to play it. This was me in Mexico moments after the Capitals beat the Pens. Now that was the PG version of that. <laughs> I put this on Twitter. I uh, deleted it the next morning. I was feeling good at the time. And I'm feeling pretty good right now because the Capitals are rolling right past the Tampa Bay Lightning so far uh, through two games. I'm shocked at uh, what has transpired through the first two games. I felt the Caps were going to give uh, the Lightning a run for their money. I picked uh, Tampa Bay to beat the Caps in seven, going against my heart. But wow, they are rolling. They look like world beaters right now. I mean, Kuznetsov and Ovechkin look unbelievable right now. You want to jump in, Devin? That Kuznetsov to Ovechkin, it was like in slow motion. And you know, everyone in the building knows exactly what's going to happen. And it just goes in. It's like you're watching the future or something. A great chip by uh, Tom Wilson to set up that two-on-one. I don't know what Tampa Bay is doing right now. They can't get anything going five-on-five. So for Caps fans, it's great. 
You know, the Caps did uh, lose the first two on home ice against Columbus. So they are aware that despite winning the first two in Tampa Bay, they still have some work to do. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But so far, so good for the Washington Capitals. Uh, what else is going on? Game two of the uh, Western Conference Final tonight. We'll hit on that later with NHL today. Uh, I didn't watch a ton of hockey while I was in Mexico. Um, I stayed away from Twitter for the most part. But there was a lot of talk about the 10th overall pick. Every time I went on Twitter, I was like, okay, someone's talking about trading the pick. And I've said this before, I would not trade the pick. Keith Gretzky is uh, a really good prospect, talent evaluator. Look at Stuart Skinner, who the others just signed today. He looks great. That was a third-round pick last year. Yamamoto as well looks good. I want to see who he thinks is the best player available at number 10 and roll with that moving forward. There are a lot of good options. I think there's five or six guys the Oilers will be happy with right now. And I keep seeing all these trade proposals. Oh, the Oilers could get this guy for number 10, that guy for number 10. I don't think it's like, I don't think that's going to happen. If you realistically have a name and an explanation why you think the Oilers can get that player for number 10, you can text us at 630-630. I've heard Ryan Ellis. I know Bob's brought his name up. Well, he has one year left on his contract. And he's going to make a lot more than he's making right now. He's already 27 years old as well. To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Great player, though. Talent for talent, you would hope that that 10th overall pick becomes Ryan Ellis. But cap-wise, term-wise, the fact that Elliot Freeman said on this show on Friday that he thinks that Ryan Ellis wants to stay in Nashville, the Preds want him back, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Risk a line out of Buffalo. That makes no sense to me. You have Dalton coming in, but why wouldn't you want to keep Ristolainen so you can insulate Dalton a little bit in his rookie season? You're not asking him to do too much like they've done with Ristolainen for the last couple of seasons. He's had to play a lot of minutes. Now, all of a sudden, you have Dalton. Those two together in your back end, that makes a lot of sense to me. Dougie Hamilton, that is a player I would trade the 10th overall pick for, most likely, but I don't think Calgary is going to trade Dougie Hamilton to Edmonton. So there's that. If you have another name out there that makes sense, text us 630-630. Of course, as we get closer to the draft, we're going to start hear, hearing more rumblings and more names out there, and uh, we'll see what happens. But right now, I think the Oilers are going to walk up to the podium and make the 10th pick. I could be wrong. Text us 630-630 with your opinion on that. We will take a timeout. When we come back, we are going to be joined by Bill Morris. He is the former Golden Bears head coach, a longtime Oilers assistant coach, and a good friend of Claire Drake's. That's ahead on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer and 630 Chad. Connor McDavid and Team Canada in action at the World Championships right now against Latvia. That game just getting underway, scoreless. We'll update you on that one throughout the, the afternoon here on 6.30, Ched. Speaking of that game, of course, Ryan Nugent Hopkins in that game as well. 
This texture says, be you, if you could put your Kool-Aid down and take your uh, oiler-tinted glasses off. Tell me the truth. Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Mark Scheifele, be honest. I got the stat sheet in front of me right now. Well, I love Nugent Hopkins. I love uh, what he brings to the table as a two-way player, and I love what he brings to the table alongside Connor McDavid. But Mark Scheifele is a superstar. I, like, he's a bona fide top five or six center in the NHL. So I would take Mark Scheifele, although uh, I do think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a little bit underrated. So there you have it. All right. The sad news uh, yesterday, Claire Drake passing away at the age of uh, 89. His good friend is uh, Bill Morse. He played under Coach Drake. He coached alongside him, and he's been a friend of his for a number of years. And uh, I taped this interview prior to the show because uh, Bill is off to the funeral service for Brian Ross. It's been a tough week, uh, or a tough couple of weeks here uh, in Edmonton with the passing of Brian Ross and now Claire Drake. But uh, I first of all asked Bill just about their first encounter, the timeline of events, a brief summary of uh, their relationship. Yeah, just reflecting back on it yesterday, Brendan, when I first met Claire was about 50 years ago when I was in the phys ed faculty taking physical education at the University of Alberta, and he was one of my profs. Uh, And uh, after being one of my the profs, uh, about three or four years later, after I finished with the Oil Kings, I then played for Claire for a year and uh, had a great experience and then got my degree. And then it, as it evolved about four years after that while I was teaching, uh, Claire phoned me and uh, in, invited me to be one of his assistant coaches. So that kind of started the coaching thing. And as he went to try different things, like the national team in 1980, uh, I became the head coach for a year while he was on sabbatical, and it happened another time. And, and then eventually it evolved where he went to coach the Winnipeg Jets in 89-90, along with Bob Murdoch, and I and I became the head coach in Claire's place. So, And then we've had a mentorship, uh, pro, you know, uh, kind of a relationship uh, throughout all those years, but it's much deeper than that. Yeah, I noted about that. Uh, well, let's go back to uh, when you played uh, that year under him. Uh, we'll get to the coaching side in a second. I guess, uh, what was he like to uh, play under as a player? Well, you know, I played for the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, for four, four years before that, and uh, we had very good coaches. They were all really good men and, and good coaches, but uh, junior hockey was different in those days. It was, it was, uh, uh, I was really surprised when I played for Claire just the level of detail that he expected his players to know and uh, learning the game and learning about uh, where you were positionally with five guys at all times and working together and it was uh, a much more structured but more detailed and more demanding game so I really felt like I learned a lot that year and uh, we went to the national finals and I lost and I always felt badly because I I had the one shot at it and then didn't play very well that game and and kind of felt like I'd let him down, but certainly that never came from him. So that was in uh, 71, 72. So then you joined uh, the right. staff. Was that five years later? About four, 1976, I joined, 76, 77 yeah. season. And uh, so I, yes. Well, he was always uh, adjusting, adapting. It sounds like he was uh, ahead of his time uh, when it comes to coaching. So when you go from playing uh, under him to uh 
a coach uh, alongside him on the bench. I guess what were your takeaways uh, then? Well, to be very honest, I, I found it uh, very intimidating the first <laughs> certainly two, three, two years just to go into practice and know that I was responsible to try and give the player some of the information that he was teaching, and I had to know it uh, and uh, or learn it. And so every night I'd go home and I'd be writing furiously for a couple hours trying to get the detail of what he had taught, try to understand it myself in a way that I could explain it. And so I found that very intimidating, not because of anything he did, because he brought me along and other coaches along slowly, and he only gave it what you could handle. But uh, eventually, as I got that uh, more and more, then I felt more capable of taking a next step being in a, being a head coach. But um, following him as a head coach was felt like a lot of pressure. Yeah, I bet. Um, I never had the chance to meet him. I would have loved to have had a conversation with him about hockey. What was it like to, to be in the coach's room with him and just sort of, uh, you know, you're obviously preparing to play other teams, but you're also learning like you just talked about as well, which helped you become a head coach uh, later on. But what's it just like to, to sort of sit there with them and just be a sponge uh, when it comes to, to learning from a, a coach with so much experience? Well, you know, the coaches' room was, was, was always a special place because we had our coaches, but we also shared it with the Golden Bear football team and at times until their season was over. So those were special times sitting in that room because it was a lot of knowledge. Uh, but then when it, the football coaches left and the hockey coaches, it was it was really a very interesting thing because Claire uh, didn't have a lot of need to talk. He, oftentimes he was maybe the quietest guy in the room uh, unless he was uh, on a mission to make sure that we had an understanding. But he let us reflect or ask questions or talk, think about, uh, talk about some of the things that we thought. And uh, and then he would often just capsulize it with a couple words or, or simplify it. But he uh, allowed you to uh, make input. And it, I think one of the things that was really important was just he he's such a great listener. He's the smartest guy in the room, but he doesn't have a lot of need to talk. Uh, but he listened to you. But then when he talked, the the detail that he could talk in was incredible. And uh, so that was uh, being able to sit in that day in and day out was special. But also you get a chance. You, sometimes you take it a little bit for granted. But when I reflect on it, big picture, I realize. Uh, how fortunate I was and the other coaches. Chatting with Bill Morris, former Golden Bears head coach, uh, former Oilers assistant coach, uh, with you here on Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich in for Bob Stoffer today. Um, so you went on to be a head coach. I guess what was the, the biggest lesson you learned uh, from Claire that allowed you to go on and be a head coach for the Golden Bears and then go on to be an assistant coach uh, in the NHL? Well, I think the the big lesson, and I, I have to I mentioned earlier when I t- took over from Claire finally uh, in '89, uh, <laughs> yeah, or not. Uh, I didn't mean that, that, but just the idea that I, when I took over from, I felt a great deal of pressure, even though I'd been with him for a long time and had been the head coach a couple times when he was on sabbatical. I felt a lot of pressure to live up to the expectations, but I, I realized, and Claire helped me with that, that you know you you got to be yourself, and uh, I couldn't be Claire Drake, and uh, nor could anybody else. He's a very special 
And so it was when I got comfortable with being myself, encouraged by Claire that way, that that made a difference. And then I could uh, put my own little stamp on on uh, and continue the program in a healthy way. And then I uh, that learning helped me so much because uh, when I went into uh, coaching in Japan or New York or with the Oilers, uh, it's really I really just took that that uh, be yourself. Uh, when you're asked to speak up, be prepared. Uh, you don't have to be the noisiest guy in the room, but you have to know what you're talking about when you get an opportunity, and uh, you have to support others and know that others are going to uh, uh, need to need an opportunity to express themselves. So, so many learnings that when I think back on them were critically important. Uh, Ken Hitchcock's on the show today as well, uh, Bill, and uh, we had him on uh, at some point last season. He talked about uh, how Claire uh, brought full-court pressure into hockey rather than uh, passive counterattack. He brought full pressure into penalty killing. As you uh, went on to coach in the NHL, uh, of course, you were at the Rangers and uh, the Oilers for many years. Um, did you just sort of uh, you know marvel at uh, the impacts that Claire had on the game at the NHL level? Were you like... Okay, Claire, you know, Claire implemented that. I saw Claire do that before as you sort of went along. Were you just sort of surprised to see uh, the impact that uh, Claire had? Because, of course, he influenced so many coaches uh, around the game of hockey. Yeah, and I was surprised, exactly. And uh, I'm glad that Hitch, because I feel like I'm sometimes uh, partial or a little biased because I saw all that stuff as through the 80s, 70s, and 80s. And I see it now in today's game. That's why today's game's evolved, where every team knows what they're doing in every zone, both offensively and defensively, and it's played fast, and it's played within a kind of a, a, even the rules are called in a way that really supports hard, tough, fair play. And uh, you're right. I saw that with Claire through his teams with the Bears. And uh, now, you know, 30 years later or whatever, it's become the norm. Uh, in uh, pro hockey and, and it's an exciting game so uh, and I think Hitch has reflected that many times and uh, he's won a lot of uh, co- games as a head coach so uh, he, he knows exactly and as you mentioned the the pressure whether it was in the penalty killing or the offensive zone on the four check where your D were involved and we see that all the time now uh, that was done many many years ago and done well and uh, nice to see it happening that's Bill Moores talking about Blair Drake, longtime uh, colleague of his uh, on the bench uh, with the Golden Bears. Bill, of course, would go on to be a head coach uh, with the Golden Bears, assistant coach at the NHL level with the Oilers, and uh, he learned it all from Claire Drake. We will have uh, Ken Hitchcock on with Mark Spector at 105, Stan Marple at 135, John Shannon, though, after a quick timeout with Eileen Bell.